Hey there, and welcome back to the Mini Weekend. I'm your host, Jack. Let's crack a beer and get the ball rolling, folks. Just cheer for the beer. Um, so, tonight, um, for you beautiful Mini Weekend fans, um, we went with something a little different. Uh, I know last week I came to you guys with an Oktoberfest that was splendid uh, to say the least um, but this week I wanted to um, try something different um, I went with something from the Minneapolis Cider Company which I thought I'd been there before um, looking at the pictures of this place it's a different cider place in Minneapolis that I've been to I have not been to the cider company um, but um, needless to say good stuff uh, regardless Tonight, from the Minneapolis Cider Co., we are going with the Blueberry Borealis. And, uh, man. I gotta say, we, we've talked about on the podcast um, a decent amount of me just not being someone that seeks out ciders or is really much into ciders. I prefer more... Um, you know, beers, you know, lighter beers, that kind of stuff, or, um, alcohol or seltzers, that kind of stuff. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I really like this cider. I really like this cider, uh, blueberry, rosemary, and wilderness. Um, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I don't get much rosemary. Um, and especially with this being a cider, I kind of figured this was going to be a blast of blueberry, and it's not. I'm, I get a very, um, very small hint of it, um, uh, the very small hint of it at the end. The tartness actually comes kind of like an a as an aftertaste as well. Um, but very smooth. Um, I I really like this, guys. Uh, this is a great. Cider, I feel like this is a great year-round cider, in my opinion. Um, so I would urge you guys to go try this. If you've been to Minneapolis Cider Company, or if there's other things you think I'd like, let me know what I should um, try next. Uh, but for those that are interested, Minneapolis Cider Company is actually found on 701 Southeast 9th Street. Um, about right off of Hennepin, um, <laughs> literally 5th Avenue Southeast is the only street that separates 9th Street from Hennepin. Fun fact, it's actually right down the street from 9th Street Soccer and Coffee, which we've shouted out here um, before on the podcast um, for a local business um, place to shout out them as well. Um, but yeah, I urge you guys to go check out this place. Uh, the pictures of their place look very, very beautiful, uh, whether you're trying to go check it out this winter, they definitely have more than enough space for that, they have a beautiful, um, they have a beautiful, um, outside too, and they actually have a pickle ball, they have a couple pickleball courts, and if you're interested and you live close enough, they actually have, um, leagues you can join, and you can actually do, um, like classes as well, which is actually pretty, pretty dope and um you know i'm not gonna lie i am tempted to do it um pickleball has definitely been kind of 
picking up around here and I'd love to be able to do uh, something else kind of cool like this. So uh, yeah, definitely got to go check out their website. Has a different kind of feel and look to it, but um, got a lot of cool stuff going on. Events, they tell you where you can get some of your stuff. Like I said, pickleball stuff, if you're into that, you can book them for private events. All that sorts of fun stuff. Um, but before we move on, Man, I gotta say, now that I read that and I'm more aware of it, I do get a little taste, little, little taste of rosemary. I really like this, guys. I'm gonna go 9-2. I'm gonna go 9-2. Um, I'd have to go back into my notes um, and see if I've ever rated something 9-2 uh, or above 9. Um, <clears throat> but this is probably my favorite cider we've had on the podcast. Um I can't say enough about it. It's It's got good flavor to it. It's not blasting with flavor. It's not super tart like a lot of ciders are. It's not super bubbly. It's good. It's really good. Um, so go check out uh, the Blueberry Borealis from Minneapolis Cider Company. Let me know if there's other stuff we should be trying out. And for those that are interested, they're open Monday through Thursdays, 3 p.m. to 11 p.m., Fridays, 3 p.m. to midnight, Saturdays, 10 a.m. to midnight, and then Sundays, 10 a.m. to 9, excuse me, um, p.m. You can also check them out on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. So go check them out and let me know what you think. So that is what we have for just here for the beer tonight. As for uh, Tommy Town, the... Uh, the men's hockey team is coming off of just one game, excuse me, in this last week. Um, going up against the uh, USA U18 um, hockey national development team, uh, losing by a score of two to five. Um, did not go down as like an official game um, that accounts towards their stats and that kind of stuff. Um, but they essentially lost uh, two to four. Uh, with an empty netter, uh, the U.S. U. Uh, sorry, the elite U.S. eighteen under team posted the five two win, like I mentioned. Um, St. Thomas actually outshot this team forty one to freaking twenty two. Um, both Ryan O'Neill and Tim Pachowski scored the two goals for them. Uh, the later um, letting the Toms climb within three to two early in period three. Uh, it's also worth noting Aaron Trotter, excuse me, had uh, 17 saves uh, for the purple. Um, and um, yeah, for, for those that are interested, the U.S. Um, under-18 team are off to a 9-0 and start, which surprisingly is the best start to a season in the history of the program. Uh, as for the Tommies, 1-3, and they're coming up with um, against a two-game non-conference schedule um tomorrow night thursday we're coming at you guys a night early um due to me being on vacation and friday night <coughs> excuse me at penn state excuse me for the for those that are interested in watching these games um tomorrow night's game will be at 6 p.m so will fridays and both of them can be seen on big 10 um plus as well um, so it should be should be good games. Um, this, th these are actually the first uh, the last games. They're not 
plus non-conference games they will have as they'll play, um, excuse me, Arizona State later on in the season, but they are the last two non-conference games they will have before starting CCHA play. So uh, worth um, seeing if they can squeeze out another game or two um, before conference time gets underway. So best of luck to them. And um, honestly, can't wait to see how they stack up against this Penn State team that I believe handled them last year as well. Um, as for the high, or, or, sorry, as for the women's hockey team, um, they actually came up uh, with a very successful um, last weekend. Um, like most of you know that follow the um, Instagram page, they came off a big three nothing win on Friday night. Um, being Franklin Pierce, um, Saskia Maurer coming up with 11 skate saves in the first ever Division One um, shutout for the women's Tommies hockey team. Um, and just a great win altogether. Unfortunately, St. Thomas was unable to get their first sweep um, as they would fall 1-2 to two in overtime to Franklin Pierce. Uh, Saskia Maurer, um, excuse me, would stop 18 in the loss. Um, but needless to say, I think they, they're coming up against... Um, some WCHA opponents this upcoming week. They're going against Minnesota State. And they got St. Cloud State, Ohio State. Um, you know, really for these next couple of years, I kind of look at with the unfortunate bounce that the women and men's teams got with the conferences they're in. They're just going up against such difficult opponents that any win you can get outside of non-conference play is um, nothing but helpful. Um, as sometimes, as, at least for the next couple of years, their overall record isn't necessarily going to be very indicative of how they did um, overall versus with the conference play because, you know, Wisconsin's number five in the nation. Um, Minnesota's right up there. I guess the schedule doesn't have them, but um, listed until they actually play them. But Wisconsin's right up there. Minnesota State, I know, is ranked. I think they're somewhere between 10 and 15. St. Cloud State is ranked. Ohio State's ranked. Um, UMD is ranked. I believe Bemidji's somewhere in the 20s. And, you know, the University of Minnesota is ranked as well. So, um, like I said, you got to take the wins you can, when you can get them, um, out, especially outside of... Um, conference play just because I'm sure at least for the next couple of years uh, their wins in conference are going to be few and far between but nonetheless I can't wait to see them uh, get their first conference win of the season um, so same um, boat for the women's team it's a home and home series so tomorrow night's game will be at 6 p.m. it'll be in Mankato and then Friday night's game they will come back up to Mendota Heights for the second game against the Mavericks. That game will also be at 6 p.m. Um, and then for people that are interested in watching it, they can be found on Big Ten Plus streaming services. So um, good luck to them, and I certainly hope they can win, get their first um, conference win of the of the season. And then for my basketball, for, for my college basketball fans, I'm, I'm getting excited. We're getting closer and closer 
Um, the men's basketball team has a tough task ahead of them opening up the season against number nine in the nation, Creighton, on uh, November 7th. But super fun to um, finally be able to get to see the basketball teams play as well. Um, as for the women's basketball team, like I mentioned, they will actually um, be having a couple of close scrimmages um, in about a week or so. Um, but don't officially start until November 7th as well. Um, for the volleyball team, good news. Um, they snapped their 15-game losing streak. They won their only game they had from now, from last podcast until now. Three sets to nothing, winning um, 25-20, to 25-21, uh, to and then 25-13. Um, and they and that secured their first summit win, summit league win of the season. Uh, St. Thomas was um, led by Laura Galvin's fifteen kills, Carrie Rutledge's seventeen digs, Allie Cops twenty four assists, and Emma Gorger's four blocks. So congratulations to this team on um, finally getting their first um, conference win under their belt, bringing their win total to three on the season. Um, and I hope they can do nothing but build on this. Um, they got, uh, they're traveling to Grand Forks to take on the Fighting Hawks um, tomorrow night as well. On Saturday at 1 p.m., they'll be in Fargo taking on North Dakota State. Uh, and then the night of the next podcast, the 27th Thursday, they will be hosting Omaha in St. Paul. So good luck to them. I definitely hope they can... Um, carry over the success into their next couple of games and string some wins together and um, really kind of get into their own as they wrap up uh, the season here as um, their, I mean, what their last game is uh, November 19th, which looking at a, um, a calendar is one, two, three, I mean, four and a half weeks away. So good luck to them. Can't wait to see um, how they do. So, uh, and then last but not least, um, the St. Thomas football team that just keeps dominating teams on the run. Um, if it's not enough that we have two stud sophomore running backs in Hope Adebayo and Sean Shipman, but freshman Gabe Abel, um, Led this running attack this last uh, week, uh, improving to three and zero over Drake and man, this team, um, this team looks good. Um, I said it, you know, two weeks ago, um, leading up to that Davidson game, and this team really controls her own destiny. I said if they found a way to beat Davidson, which they did, um, this could change the tra trajectory of them. I think right now you look at, you know, you're only, um, what, six game or six weeks into uh, the season. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, what? You're only one, three, four, five, six. <clears throat> six or seven into the season. Um, and you still have a handful of games left. But this division is, or this conference this year after they beat Davidson is St. Thomas's. Um, to lose they're currently right now first they're the only undefeated team in the pineapple football league 
both Drake and Presbyterian still have yet to win a conference game. Um, but they're going up against a Presbyterian team in Clinton, South Carolina. Can, uh, can be seen on ESPN Plus this weekend as well. Um, but this is a team that hasn't won a game. Um, they shouldn't take them lightly, but this should be a pretty good game. Uh, and then to wrap up um, October, they got San Diego, who is uh, currently 3-3 three and three overall, 2-1 and one in conference play. So... Really, I mean, at this point, you know, two and one, and then you look at they got Valpo, um, who's also two and one, um, Stetson and Butler, um, who Stetson's one and one, and Butler is two and one. So, I mean, you really, if you're St. Thomas, you know, you beat the juggernaut, but you still got to beat these other teams because ultimately what it comes down to is tiebreakers. And honestly, right now, Davidson's right behind them at three and one. Um, but Davidson needs help. Davidson needs us to not only lose a game, but have two teams within the conference and beat them. Because as long as we stay above them or are the same as them, we're going to have that over them. Um, but, um, you know, I get the sense with, you know, the good coaching of Glenn Caruso is not going to get, uh, he's not going to let this 5-1 start get to the guys' heads. You know, he's very much the type of coach that coming into preparations, even for a team like Presbyterian, is, hey, you know, we're on all right now. We got to go out and win that quarter number one. And then once quarter number one is done, you know, quarter by quarter mentality, week by week mentality. Um, so I really do have hope in this team. Super excited to see, um, you know, how we close out the season. Um, super excited to see if they can actually do better than my, excuse me, five and uh, six, seven, eight. Uh, see if they can do better than my t ten and two, um, or ten, yeah, no nine and two um, prediction. So we'll have to see what happens. But um, I'm super super excited to see them get going against Presbyterian, and um, hope that they can move to six and one on the season. So uh, this week for our local business shout out, we're uh, we're getting festive with you guys. So it is now October nineteenth. Uh, so we're getting closer and closer to. Halloween <laughs> um, and if you haven't already got your pumpkins uh, you guys need to so with that uh, the local business uh, this week is Dean's pumpkin patch now I'm sure a, a handful of you are like Dean's like pumpkin patch like what's so great about a pumpkin patch this is actually better than just your run-of-the-mill pumpkin patch so uh, this place you can pay to get in or you do not have to um, they have corn mazes they have corn pits gunny sack slides um they have uh wine tasting um they have technographer techno crafters a rhinestone ranch things you can buy um tractor rides um really really awesome stuff so um for those that are interested um like i said you do not have to pay to get in but if you do for um, an adult wristband for it it includes the weekend so if you're interested going like Friday Saturday Sunday um, it includes for the adult wristband the corn maze corn pit gunny sack slide and the scenic hayride for the kids they get that all of that as well as um, there's inflatable jumpers inflatable slides there's a climb bale mountain all that kind of stuff 
Um, and just a lot of like fun things to do for families. Um, as far as picking your pumpkins go, um, you get to choose your own from there. They have like 20 acre field. Um, so plenty of options for you there. Um, but yeah, I, I urge you guys go check them out. They're open. They have special MEA hours, um, but they're usually open um, noon to 6 p.m. Monday through Thursday, Friday noon to 9, and then Saturday 9 to 9, and Sundays 9 to 6. Um, you, so you should definitely go check them out. They're deanspumpkinspumpkins.com. That's D-E-H-N-S pumpkins.com. Unfortunately, the only social media they are on is uh, Facebook. So Definitely go check out their website. Go check them out and um, let me know what you guys think. If you've been there before, um, let me know. And uh, if there's something I'm missing out from them, let me know. So uh, that's what we have for them this week. Go check them out. Um, no news on the uh, twins as far as they're concerned. Um, but as of right now, we are getting closer to uh, the World Series as of right now in the American League Championship Series. Um, the Astros have a one-game lead on the Yankees. Ultimately, it's to the point that I want um, whoever is from the National, uh, whoever wins the National League to uh, win it. I, I hate both those teams. Um, and then on the National League side of things, we got the Philadelphia Phillies and the San Diego Padres tied at a game apiece. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who uh, is ends up playing Um for this 2022 World Series. Um, so yeah, that's all we have for uh, the MLB and the Twins. Um, and then we had another team um, end their season this last weekend. Uh, Minnesota Loons FC lost in the uh, Western Conference uh, playoffs first round to FC Dallas in dramatic fashion. Um Emmanuel Reynoso actually scored in the game's 53rd minute to take a 1-0 lead. And then uh, FC Dallas scored about 11 minutes later to tie the game, and that would go all the way through overtime everything. Went all the way to penalties, uh, and Dallas won and advanced 5-4 to four on the penalty shots. Um, it you know It's a tough way to go. But, um, you know, this Loons team kind of struggled down the stretch and kind of got themselves in this position where they're a sixth seed uh, instead of hosting. Um, so um, it's unfortunate. Um, but, yeah, so uh, that's what we have um, for that. Um, so, yes, for my soccer fans, um, we are now down to the final eight teams uh, in the Western Conference Excuse me. Um, games get underway uh, tomorrow night, Thursday the twentieth. Um, LAFC is playing LA Galaxy at nine p.m. And then the other two teams, Austin FC, um, is playing FC Dallas at seven p.m. on the twenty-third. <clears throat> so for the Western Conference, uh, it's essentially a battle of Los Angeles and battle of Texas. Um, and then for the Eastern Conference. Um, Philadelphia Union and FC Galaxy kick off the second round here. Um, 
tomorrow night at 7, and then CF Montreal takes on New York City FC at noon on Sunday, October 23rd. Um, so yeah, um, for the Wild, you know, I know starting for a team that has as much talent and as much upside and as much um, anticipation as this team, it definitely sucks uh, to go 0-3 and 0 <clears throat> to start the season. Um, but again, we've talked about this a lot on this podcast. Just, you know, they're long seasons. You know, y- you know it sucks, you know, to get behind the eight ball and not only lose your first three games, but also give up 20 goals in the process. You know, seven, seven, and then six. Um but it's early on, you know, it's it's better that they go through this now than, you know, in the middle of the season or towards the end when you're, you know, jousting for playoff spots. Now, a lot of people are saying, well, yeah, but, you know, games like, you know, these three games could end up biting us in the butt because, you know, we could end up being two games behind and, you know, points behind. And yeah, I get that. But, you know, again, long season, you know, there's a lot of, despite, you know, despite how crappy it's gone, there's a lot of good, you know, to to go off of, I mean, you know, you look at, um, um, you look at, uh, um, you know, through the first three, um, through the first three games, we already got guys, um, showing up, obviously, Kirill, there's no surprise, he's already got five points, Boldy's come out hot, um, Kalen Addison's got four points, four assists, um, you know, Tyson Jost, um, Jonas Brodine. I mean, you know, we're seeing guys um, step up already. Now, everybody collectively, including Kuro Kaprizov, has got to do better with um, with getting on the back check because, you know, as painful as it is to admit, you know, it's about 50-50 split here. You know, you look at these 20 goals that were given up, half of them um, are on the goaltending because there were – some shots, um, you know, I think back to the the Colorado Avalanche game where they were coming in um, and they were going to be offside. So whoever had the puck, I think it was McKinnon or Rantanen or somebody like that. So they threw a puck on net from the blue line and it took a, you know, weird Kareem. Um, they knocked it in and they scored. Now, Gustafson's got to do a better job of corralling that when he sees guys coming down, you know, getting on top of it. Um, but you could argue that goal is just as much as, as on our defenseman to, you know, give the goalie a couple extra seconds to harness it and get it under wraps. <clears throat> but I just think overall, I mean, there, there's no shortage of goals so far. Um, you know, we put up, um, six against LA, uh, three against New York, and then three big ones against, uh, the, uh, the uh, avalanche, sorry, I'm not sure why I was um, blanking there. But, you know, I mean, again, we talk about this being, like I've mentioned already before, a long season. Um, an- you know, again, another good thing to, you know, think about, um, you know, the season started, you know, what, uh, about uh, just over a week ago. And through, because th- th- there are obviously a couple games going on tonight, so... Through Tuesday the 18th, the Wild currently have, um, now again, it's super early on, but we already have the second best power play in the league at 42.9%. Only the Colorado Avalanche 
um, have a better power play than us. And then you look at the power play goals. We're um, one of two teams <coughs> tied for second in the league right now with six power play goals. So, you know, <coughs> again, another good thing to be able to hold our hat on, um, you know, and for a lot of fans out there, like, honestly, you know, shit still smells like shit. You know, I'm, you know, starting 0-3 is still 0-3. You know, we talk a lot about on here about not having, you know, moral wins. And, you know, a win is a win, a loss is a loss. It doesn't matter how you get it. It sucks we're 0-3. I just urge you guys to um, take it with a grain of salt. You know, it sucks. Could these three games, you know, Again, you know, we're talking about a lot. Could these three games come back and end up biting us in the butt as far as uh, playoff seedings and everything jostling and that kind of stuff go around? Yes, absolutely, of course. All I'm saying is there's plenty of time. We have 79 more games to go before the season's end, so there's plenty of time to get things going. Um, you know, truthfully, I think... Um, I think we're going to see a lot of, you know, it's it's weird not having Greenway here and having that line of, you know, Greenway, Felino, and Eck because that line was just so dominant last year. But, you know, there's definitely going to be some um, things happening. I would, I think it'd be fun and really good to ultimately see Rossi centering um a line with uh, Zuccarello and Kaprizov or maybe centering a line with uh, Goudreau and Boldy. I think seeing him playing with better players might um, help out, kind of get the uh, the monkey off his back, if you will. Um, but again, a lot of hockey to be played. Um, I still have hope um, for this team. Obviously, I'm sure a lot of you do as frustrated as you are. Um, but I think, you know, a lot to look forward to, a lot of hockey to be played. Um, you know, Garen and Evanson definitely have to, you know, get this goaltending under wraps. You know, it's obviously uncharacteristic of Flurry to play like this and let up seven goals. Um, not seven goals, but four f four of those goals. Um, but again, I think for the Wild, they've got to – I think once the Wild start playing with a lead – um, it's going to be completely different. I mean, you look at their first game of the season, they got into a 3-0 hole, um, made it 1-3, to um, made it 2-5, to and made it 3-6. to So, so far, you know, for the first, what, you know, 60, for the first 180 minutes, you know, they haven't been playing with a lead yet. So I think once this team is able to play with a lead, it's going to do wonders for this team because, you know, again, you look at the Kings game, you know, they were down 3-0 hole. Uh, Middleton made it 3-1, Felino made it 2-3, Iafalo made it 4-2, um, Joel Erickson Eck gets it down on the power play 3-4. I mean, you know, these teams, unfortunately, that we've played so far, we've done a bad job of allowing them to have an answer. Because, again, you know, just when you think we have, you know, um, momentum, just in the first period, we got two goals within a couple minutes of each other to make it 2-3. And then less than two minutes later, um, you know, they score to make it 4-2. <clears throat> then second period, you look at Joel Eriksson Eck, makes it 3-4. to four. A couple minutes later, you know, the Kings get one to you know, make it a two-goal game again. A uh, couple minutes later, Corrode gets it done, makes it 4-5. to five. Matt Roy, less than a minute later, you know, makes it 6-4. to four. So, 
You know, we were able to make it a 6-6 game, yes. Um, but again, the second we tied it, what was that? You know, at 7.32 in the third period, 8.03, Adrian Kempe, um, excuse me, scored his, what, second goal of the game to give them the 7-6 lead. Um, and then you look at the Colorado game and, you know, no, we didn't go down, you know, three games, you know, we didn't find ourselves in a three goal, you know, hole, but, you know, again, traded goals, you know, we were down one, nothing tied at one, one went down two one tied at two, two, uh, then they go up three, two, then they go up four, two, then we make it four, three. And, you know, this, you know, I mean, technically they had one empty net or so, you know, five goals, but, you know. Again, I'm not sugarcoating it for you guys. Like, like I said, like shit still smells like shit. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, if it's rose gold shit, it doesn't matter if you know you put anything on top of it. Like, it still smells like shit. You know, and it's unfortunate role. Um, the only thing we can do from here is get better. You know, and I think we look at this team last year, and they had some you know skids here of two, three, you know, four games. But the best thing this team did was you know. Play it game by game, play it period by period. And there were, I don't have the stats ahead of me, but I'm pretty sure there were four or five times last year that this team won, you know, at least five, six games in a row, which definitely helps when you, you, you know, and allows you to be able to lose a couple games in a row here and have them not mean much if you're going to do that. And um, I will say the one thing that, I don't like so far this year that um, uh, that happened last year is, you know, we haven't been able to come from behind, you know, last year, that was our staple. We had the second most come from behind uh, wins. I think it was 23, 25, something like that. Um, and it just hasn't happened yet. But like I said, it's early in due time. Um, and we just got have to wait and see what happens. So, um, next up for this team, tomorrow night at 7, they play their last of their four-game homestand to start the season against the Vancouver Canucks before hitting the road um, for, what's that, one, two, three, four, five straight games. Uh, Saturday, they'll be in Boston for a noon game against the Bruins. Tuesday, they'll be in Montreal for a 6 o'clock game against the Canadians. And then that will wrap up everything um, before the next podcast. So, Skull Wild. Um, and then, so part of the reason for the later um, the later um, episode tonight, folks, was because I did want to talk about this Minnesota Timberwolves, hopefully season opening win. And, man, it, it was fun to see this team in action, but, God, this game was way too close for comfort. Um, this team led by as many as 16 points in the first half. Um, I talked about it in the um, in the post um, that I made last night, um, or sorry, yeah. Um, but you know, just careless, careless shots in the third quarter. You know, getting too comfortable um, allowed this Thunder team to you know get back in it, and they led by as many as six. Um, and thankfully, we were to a able to hold off here because we. We should have beaten this team by, you know, 20 points, you know, not to say OKC is shitty, which, I mean, they kind of are. Um, but the Timberwolves are just a good team. Um, again, you know, we you know we talked a little bit about it with regards to the Wild. But season's still young. Um, you know, again, lots of things to like from this game. Rudy Gobert set a record um, 
for most rebounds by a Timberwolf in their debut with 16. Seven of them came on the offensive board, which, I mean, I want to say at least four of them he grabbed and just put right back up. So, I mean, that's second, eight second-hand points just from him that you take those you know, away from us and, you know, we lose by a point. Um, so huge, huge, huge game from him. Uh, D'Angelo Russell was also the only other uh, player for the Timberwolves in uh, that scored at least 20. Um, but again, what, you know, another staple from this team last year, you know, we had strong, um, we had strong performances from guys off the bench. Tareen Prince came in in 12 minutes uh, scored uh, 11 points, uh, nine of them coming from three-point range. He had three rebounds. He had an assist himself. Uh, and then, you know, you even look at uh, Jalen Noel came in in 18 minutes, scored 13 points, uh, three, three rebounds, two assists. Even a guy like Kyle Anderson came off the bench. He only got a bucket. He was um, not even a bucket. He was 0 from 2 for the field, um, but hit two free throws. But he got six. he got six rebounds. Um, he had an assist, a steal, and a block in 22 minutes. So, you know, again, this is going to be, a, a, you know, another staple for this team. Obviously, we're going to need guys like, you know, Gobert, Towns, Russell, Edwards, McDaniels, who are starters to, you know, do well. Um, but to be able to be a team that has guys coming off the bench is definitely going to help. Um, as I believe, we're one of the deeper um, teams in the league with just the fact that Chris Finch, I mean, you know, other than the starters, he played six guys. You know, Austin Rivers, yeah, you know, played a minute and, you know, didn't take a shot. Um, but he trusts these guys. You know, he trusts Tareen Prince because of last year. He trusts, um, you know, uh, McLaughlin. He trusts Noel. Forbes got into the game. Rivers got into the game. Kyle Anderson. You know, Nas Reed, unfortunately, didn't get in the game. But, you know, a guy like that can come in and play big minutes if a guy like, you know, Gobert or Towns gets into foul trouble. So, Lots of things, good things to take away from this game too. Um, but this team has got to be better from the three-point um, arc. Uh, took a total of 38 of them and connected on just over 26% of them. Made 10. Um, excuse me, Turing Prince led the way um, with three towns, Russell and, um, and Noel also all had uh, two and it's actually worth noting this game could have been a lot worse for the Thunder. Anthony Edwards was a mere one for seven from three-point range. So, again, this team definitely has to get better with, with the three-point shooting. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, they – I mean, they took a lot of open three-pointers. So, they just have to be able to nail down open looks, plain and simple. If they miss a three-point shot because, you know, it's contested, like, yeah, it sucks, but it's a hard shot to make. Make I want to say, you know, 28. I want to say from what I remember in this game, um, at least 10 of them were wide open looks, and they just missed them. So got to tighten that up. Um, but for the most part, other than that third quarter, defense looked good. Gobert is going to be a stud, I think. And uh, Jaden McDaniels looked phenomenal too, so. Uh, like we talked about, you know, lots, lots, lots of good things to like here. Uh, and then as for, excuse me, the Minnesota Timberwolves, um, they will take on the Utah Jazz um, 
Friday night at 7 p.m. Sunday, they'll be in Oklahoma City at 7. Monday, they will be hosting a back-to-back on Monday the 24th and Wednesday the 26th. Both games at 7 p.m. against the San Antonio Spurs. So that is what we have on the Timberwolves. Now wrapping up before we let you guys go for the week. Um, we have the um, we have uh, the football, the NFL, um, and honestly, um, Vikings have a bye this week, and you know we got a saying in you know my household, you know when I was growing up, and now that you know I'm a dad, you know I take it as well. At least we can't lose this week. <laughs> and a lot of people are like, well, Jack, you know we're five and one, you know we're one of the better teams. We definitely are. I mean. You know, you think in terms of, you think in terms of, um, you know, good teams, you know, find a way to win. And that's exactly what we're doing because this is literally the flip side of what happened last year. You know, I mean, you look at how many games um, this, uh, you look at how many games this uh, Minnesota Vikings team lost last year by just a couple points and, that's what's happening now. I mean, with the exception of those first two games, beat the Lions by four, beat the Saints by three, beat the Bears by seven, and then beat the Dolphins um, by eight. And for the most part of the last four games, there have been long stretches in these games that have been hard to watch and not fun by any um, means of the word, which is frustrating. But you have to think going into this bye week, there's going to be lots to work on and kind of cohesively kind of get things going um because i'm not i'm not gonna lie to you guys i think this second half of the schedule coming out of the bye week is going to be a little tougher than we anticipated um the only reason i say that is obviously you know arizona is not you know great hopefully that should be a pretty you know um a, uh, a pretty decent game should be relatively easier since they're just not playing great this year. And then the second week out of the bye, we got, um, we'll be in Washington. We'll be in Washington taking on, uh, again, a very lackluster team. Um, but then after that, we go to Buffalo to take on a 5-1 and one Bills team. We had that, you know, pegged as, you know, a tough game. We're gonna, and then after that, we host a four and two Cowboys team, which you know could be a trap game, but you know something to look at. And then even this Patriots game, three and three, um, but it's on Thanksgiving, so there are a lot of question marks. You know, it's going to be a prime time game. You know, Kirk doesn't show up in those games. And then after that, we host a four and two Jets team, which you know the offense doesn't look phenomenal, but every other aspect of that team looks just great. Um, and then that's, and then after that, heading into that second week of December, things should progressively uh, get a little bit better as the Lions and Colts should be relatively easy games. And then on Christmas Eve, hosting, um, a five, current five and one Giants team by then this Giants team could either progressively be getting better or progressively getting worse. And then we got the Packers and the Bears to round out. So um, 
I definitely got to say the next one, two, three, four, five games out of the bye um, until uh, Thanksgiving are going to tell us what kind of team, you know, we are. I think, you know, if we continue to win these close games, that's awesome. But I would not put us as a Super Bowl contender. We'll, you know, maybe win a game, maybe two in the playoffs. Um but we've got if if we're going to be a contender, we've got to start putting ourselves in better situations to win. Um, and I know a lot of people are like, "Well, Jack, you know, it's the first year," and one hundred percent is it. It one hundred percent is the first year with the new coach. So, you know, again, lots of football still to play, but um, uh, this team's definitely got to get better. You know, if if we want people to take us seriously, we can't be beating teams like. Washington or Indianapolis or Detroit, you know, by three points last second or for five points, you know, last second. Like those are teams you should be able to put away early and, you know, coast through. So that is all I will leave you guys uh, with for the Vikings uh, into our picks for this week. Um, so first and foremost, as much as I do not like this team, my lock this week um, is going to be the Cowboys over the Lions. Um, the Magic finally ran out on Cooper Rush last week. Um, well, um, you know, keeping Dallas in the playoff hunt. Um, but now it's time for Prescott to come in and do his job, which is expose one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Uh, the Cowboys found a winning formula out of necessity during um, Prescott's leave. And Kellen Moore needs to stick with it. Uh, the run rate has jumped from 41% last year to 46 this year. And for good reasons, uh, they're ninth in success rate um, and 28th in dropback success. Um, and um, honestly, I expect those numbers to improve with Prescott because I just think he's the better quarterback and better tenured um, there. Um. It's also worth noting the Cowboys are three or sorry six and thirteen all time in games which uh, Prescott throws forty or more passes, and forty seven and twenty when he throws thirty nine or fewer. So I anticipate it being more of a um, a balanced attack. Um, but I think this is a game that the Cowboys should uh, win easily. Um, I got them winning this game um, twenty or sorry thirty to twenty. And then as for my um, upset, um, the Tennessee Titans are three-point favorites over the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I know the Titans won this first meeting tw by a touchdown and then had a bye week to prepare for the rematch with their uh, AFC South rivals. But Matt Ryan is coming off of a three-touchdown performance. Deion Jackson took advantage of the spotlight. Um, and I just think it's going to be a tough road assignment uh, given – Matt Ryan has not played well on the road. Um, but truthfully, I think the Titans' pass defense is going to leave just a couple holes. I still got this being a close game. Um, I think the Colts are going to win 31-27. Uh, to 27. So with that, I will leave you guys with, remember, this podcast is about you guys, the listeners. If you have a topic you want me to address or a question you want me to answer, please reach out on Instagram, TikTok, or Twitter, or by emailing us. Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram handles are at miniweekend, and email is miniweekend at gmail.com. That's M-I-N-N-Y-W-E-E-K-E-N-D at gmail.com. And be sure to let us know if you'd like to stay anonymous with your questions as well. 
also find us and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter where there are giveaways and you can stay up to date on all things Mini Weekend. And lastly, make sure you hit that subscribe button to get notified of the new episode as soon as it comes out. Until next time, Mini.